Hello, I'm Julia Marchari-Alexander, Executive Director of the Walters Art Museum, and you're listening to Open Access, a monthly segment inspiring connections between you and the art on view at the Walters Art Museum. Joining me today is Roberto Lugo. Roberto is a Philadelphia-based ceramicist who has won national acclaim for his blending of traditional ceramic techniques with motifs and imagery that resonate with contemporary 21st century life. Welcome, Roberto, and thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. So, Roberto, as you know, the Walters was really excited to reopen One West Mount Vernon Place in June after we had undertaken a multi-year refurbishment of the historic house, um, which is also known as Hackerman House. So I wonder if you could tell us a bit more about how you see your work in dialogue, not only with the stories of Baltimore and One West Mount Vernon Place and its occupants, both free and enslaved, but really also with the Walters' larger global collection of ceramics. One of the primary focuses of my work is the idea of representing where I come from within a grander dialogue and and where I come from, meaning a neighborhood, mostly people of color uh, and a poverty-stricken neighborhood. Um, Often, I don't find that these folks um, are involved in the arts or or don't have as equal access to them, whether it's through visual arts in school. Because of that, you know, I've found that there's this huge gap in dialogue and history that's missing. And so when I'm going into this work, I'm looking at them and hearing and and seeing these stories. um, But I'm also thinking about how my personal history and how my ancestry's history correlate or intersect with these things. So, for example, one of the pieces that you have in your collection is this beautiful Sev porcelain uh, potpourri boat. And, you know, one of the things that I immediately thought about was that, you know, at the time, porcelain was considered more expensive than gold on this um, decorative Potpourri vase um, was of a ship, and uh, I thought to myself of the folks that lived in that home and how their experience of a ship was really different than the folks who owned that particular porcelain boat and put it on display. And so for me, you know, my objective and and my um, opportunity is to give voice to, um, you know, those experiences. And I think in many ways, that's a a big gap that's been left, uh, you know, open throughout history, the history of the decorative arts. And so um, I sort of look at the collection of the Walters as a moment to not only celebrate these really beautiful decorative arts, but to expand um, who's interested in these things through a dialogue and being able to figure out how to connect and bridge these things to contemporary issues. And then also to empower um, people to be able to participate within this dialogue, both as makers, as uh, museum visitors, and as writers or, or critical thinkers. It's especially important at a place like the Walters where it's free and open to the public. So there's not sort of that barrier, um, that obstacle of, of being able to afford to be able to get into a museum. And then at the end of the day, I think by doing it specifically in the Hackerman House, we sort of invite this dialogue about, you know, this home and who gets to own it today. My contention is that we all own it and it's part of all of our history. And now we have the opportunity to be able to share a more diverse set of stories. As you know, we wanted to tell the stories not just of the owners of the home, which would have been expected, but also of the many individuals who lived in or or worked on or even worked at the home. 
And one of the key figures in the history of the house is Sibby Grant, the enslaved cook who lived and worked in the house in the 1850s and early 1860s. You created a set of works around Sibby and her history, and I wonder if you can tell me why her story resonated so strongly with you. When I was reading uh, Sibby's letter, I think one of the, the main things that I took from it is the grace with which she wrote and um, how she was empathetic to someone who might otherwise be seen as her oppressor. And because of this, it reminded me so much of my mother in the way that she um, thinks and interacts with people. And um, at the end of the day, when I started to think about Sibby um, in the same way I think of my mother, I think about how many people out there who are so important to our culture um, and our identity as people who um, never have the opportunity to be the face that you see on a teapot or the person that gets paid homage to. Um, but really, they're the, the pillars of our society and make up um, what I would argue are the good parts of us, um, the parts of us that are forgiving, the parts of us that have kindness. And um, I wanted to be able to accentuate what I felt I did know about Sibby rather than focusing on what I didn't. And the greatest part of being a ceramic artist, I think, is that um, the objects that we make last thousands of years. And so to be able to share this story um, and take away the anonymity of this person and be able to celebrate them, um, I think, comes with uh, you know this great power and opportunity. And that I think it's quite possible thousands of years from now, um, people will know who Sibby Grant is. That's an opportunity for me to pay homage and to, to think of those folks because it's really difficult and complicated conversation. There's never really a right way to do it. But from my perspective, what I must do is, is think about new ways to be able to engage in this conversation. And for me, that comes in the form of, of representing and thinking a bit about how I could not allow people to forget people like Sibby Grant. We are thrilled to have been able to acquire for the collection both the potpourri boat that you have made in response to our Sev potpourri boat and also the set of China that um, you made in honor of Sibby Grant. And I just wanted to finish by asking you about the third piece which we have acquired, which is the Frederick Douglass food stamp jar. And I wonder if you can just tell us a little bit about how the history of One West and, and really Baltimore and Frederick Douglass had an impact again on on you and your work. Certainly. Well, um, really the, the word uh, food stamp, I mean, obviously is, is loaded with a lot of information, but particularly for me, um, one of the reasons why I decided to uh, work with um, the idea of an image of a food stamp is because often when I would look at a landscape, when I first started working in the visual arts, um, I would see, when I would think about farmland, I would see the, the back of a $5 food stamp. And um, it's really difficult for me to sort of separate some of those um, iconic images that I have in my lived experience. So one of the things that I thought was really important was to be able to connect the world um, that existed at the time that this house was lived in and the time of Frederick Douglass to where we are today. And, um, you know, through being able to connect how slavery and um, inequality uh, led people to still be 
poverty stricken, um, even, you know, in our contemporary life and have to have food stamps. Um, all these things are really related. So I think a lot of times it's so easy to separate ourselves and say, oh, that was so long ago. But if we can actually think about the effects of things like slavery, then we could uh, still find connections in those things and, and still sort of keep the motivation and momentum to move forward and figure out how to overcome these obstacles. And I think Frederick Douglass is um, a particular and important figure um, within this dialogue because he was able to get into places and have conversations that I don't think um, you could really have as a black person um, during the era. And I think it was because he was so committed, but also because he came to it from um, a really unique perspective, which is, you know, being able to to argue for things that were important in sort of a scholarly way. He was able to code switch really well and in many ways get people to understand the plight of, of what it meant to be black. That's how I see myself as somebody who's um, able to integrate into these places where people don't see me coming in, um, in order to have a conversation where I could build empathy and um, fight with that rather than um, with my fist or with violence. Thank you so much, Roberto. Your work is really a treasure to have, and we are lucky to have some of it, not only on view, but also in our collection going forward. Thanks so much for having me. It's been a blast. Come see Roberto Lugo's work, including the Frederick Douglass food stamp jar, at 1 West Mount Vernon Place through July 15th. More information is available on our website, thewalters.org. Open Access is produced for WYPR by the Walters Art Museum. And for the Walters, I'm Julia Marjari Alexander. Mm-hmm.